The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Hello and welcome to the Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett. As per usual, international break time. What is there to talk about, Rob, outside of... Oh, the ownership has come back up again. What a surprise. This 11-month-long saga that we still are no closer to an answer to has some developments which have moved the story about 1%. Is it even 1%? It's not even 1%, is it? Is it even even going backwards, Scott? I don't know. Like It feels like uh, going back in time, doesn't it? Um, Yeah, international break, therefore less to talk about. I always say, don't I, that I like to just talk about football and keeping it rooted in that. But when there isn't any football, we have to talk about other stuff as well, don't we? So uh, we're going to do that today and try and give you some real international break, breaking news. Yeah, we did. We have said at points that we wouldn't really talk about um, the ownership developments until Mm. there are actual developments. I suppose if you read your social medias and this kind of thing, then there have been developments, but I don't know about, I'm sure there's probably people listening to this and or watching this and are thinking nothing's changed at all. So we'll talk about uh, what the situation is uh, according to different sources in the media and according to what Rob and I kind of understand about the situation. Mm. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about golden boy, Rasmus Hoyland. He's on the list of the 25 player shortlist uh, for golden boy. That award has been previously won by Wayne Rooney, Anderson, Paul Pogba, and Anthony Martial. So uh, I don't think he's going to win it. I'll say that. I think Jude Bellingham's going to win it. But yeah, good uh, good that Rasmus is on there for his exploits over the last year. We'll talk a bit of Harry Maguire as well. He's going to play probably for England during the international break against Australia or play Italy as well, don't they? Um, but yes, Maguire's been doing some press responsibilities and seems to have turned babyface, to put it in wrestling terms. So we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. Ownership at the top. So we'll get to that in a second, but subscribe wherever you get your pods and watch us on YouTube, The Promise and the Manchester United Podcast. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment, and hit the notification bell so you don't miss a show. Follow us on social media as well, at double underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU on X, at underscore Rob underscore B on YouTube as well for his channel. And then, yeah, just... Get in touch with us, get in the comments, all this kind of thing. And uh, we will see what we can do. We'll maybe answer some questions maybe next week or something like that, if mm. you have them, because it is international break and interest in football runs dry. So that means that 
we have to come out with stuff that is gonna bring us them clicks you know uh <laughs> that's kind of the way that the football media world works it's frustrating rob isn't it yeah, it's just frustrating. Like, yeah, yeah, look, look I, I will say, Man United, that United is the gift that keeps giving, especially in our industry. And it's always something to talk about. Like today, we will do the show and we will talk about things, won't we? It's just that it ebbs and flows, doesn't it? Especially during international breaks where there's a bit of downtime. Uh, and we see kind of common patterns, don't we, during the international breaks? We, kind of, we can talk a little bit about that today, about how that works and why things are said at a certain time. Yeah, so the latest is uh, there's some sources saying that Sir Jim Ratcliffe is ahead. There's other sources saying Qatar are ahead and and all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, for me, nothing's really changed for the last few months. No. And, well, maybe, maybe Sir Jim's approach has changed in the last few months to um, how he wants to get his foot in the door at United. I think we've done... Mm updates on that in in recent weeks as well but the way i see it is really that sir jim is doing whatever he can to make his way in whether that's taking full ownership which is what he essentially tried to do before to now taking a smaller stake working alongside the glazers which is something he obviously or ineos have made clear that they were potentially willing to do uh in order to get their foot in the door and eventually over a step-by-step process over the next few years, eventually assume full control and phase out the Glazers. That's not a popular um, popular way towards it with the fans, obviously, who want the Glazers gone. I think most most United fans, if not all United fans, agree with that. But Sir Jim is trying to find a way to essentially please the seller. And you have Kataru or the other, uh, the other main in main party in the running here to to buy Manchester United. I think their their offer stands at about five billion pounds at the moment. And they promise to wipe clear the club's debt and also invest. The club's debt stands at about seven hundred million, I want to say, mm-hmm. just off the top of my head. Yeah. And the Glazers have not moved for several months. So Rob, where where do where do you see this? That what, what has anything changed? What's your current take on the situation? Not a lot has changed. Like obviously, we we keep up to date with this. Like we've said, we won't chat too much expansively about it, especially when there's not a lot of change in the background with our own contacts and sources. The only thing that has edged slightly differently, and we've known this for a number of weeks, is that Ineos will talk to the Glazers about a minority stake, but not a minority stake as in here's a load of money, goodbye, we're quiet in the background. We just think we've kind of seen that Liverpool and other places around the world where clubs and owners, especially American owners, are trying to attract additional funds to do stuff for their football clubs. But what they've tried to be able to put in place here is an exit route for the Glazers over an extended period of time. Now, why would that be something that the Glazers liked, say, over a load of money from Qatar? Well, there's two or three different reasons for that. One is the valuation. One is that Sir Jim Ratcliffe values the club higher than Qatar, which I think is curious, Scott, to just say the least. Like, if you're buying Manchester United for the reasons that Qatar wants to buy them, then then there's kind of almost an unlimited ceiling of, of worth. Do you know what I mean? If you're a, a petroleum company like Ineos and you're wanting to buy a football club or a sports project, which is what they've done across the world, they've bought into Formula One and they've bought all sorts of you know football clubs and one thing or another, then then there is probably a ceiling. You know, it's probably like you can probably only go so far. And Ineos at the moment 
value Manchester United as a company more than than Qatar. So we have to always ask, why is that? There's been a lot here about whether what Qatar really want Man United for, whether they really do want Man United because they are worth about a trillion pounds in terms of the background of the family and the the um, the country itself. And yet they're not doing what I would say absolutely everything to buy the club. So, you know, Scott, the question is why? Why, 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 why? Why is it that Jim Ratcliffe is trying to find an exit strategy for the Glazers over a long period of time? And we, it would be long. It'd be three to four years. It wouldn't be immediate. And yet Sheikh Jassim and the family and the backers in Qatar are just saying, yeah, we're clear the debt, we'll buy the club, we do all this, but we don't actually value the club higher than the other guy. Doesn't make sense, does it, Scott? Yeah, I mean, I'm not defending the Glazers not at, all. at all. Like, no, neither is Rob. We're not defending the Glazers at all here. But the fact of the matter is, like, the, whether the Glazers have set the value publicly, really, at six billion. Now, Qatar have not met that. Like, no, no matter what you think, uh, no matter how much you are behind that bid, they have not met that asking price. There's even suggestions, and it's been kind of suggested to me that the Glazers look at the the Commanders. Uh, I think it's Washington Command- Commanders in NFL, yeah, yeah, and they've just been sold for a similar price to that. And when you consider the Washington Commanders, who are like one of the worst teams in the NFL, yeah, versus Manchester United, who are one of the biggest football clubs in the world with global appeal versus yeah. US appeal, shouldn't man in their opinion shouldn't Man United be worth higher, a lot higher than that because of the global appeal? So. You know, the Glazers, I think minimum price really is £6 billion. And nobody has met yet, met that yet. So Jim's bid uh, in increments might be worth a little bit more than that. But the fact of the matter is, if, you, if you're back in the Qatar bid, they need to do more to buy Manchester United than their current offer. Because all, their, all the Glazers are set to receive here, there's six siblings, and they would be receiving £5 billion. That is not enough for them to sell. So something has to change in that. Like that bit's been on the table for God knows how many months. And yes, the, the, the whole package may be worth six billion or over that, but you got got to remember the Glazers are only receiving five. There's a billion-ish to clear the debt, and there's extra investment on top of that, which will go into making United, you know, up to speed in terms of the stadium, in terms of player investment, that kind of thing. But the important thing here is that the Glazers are not receiving their asking price. So something has to change. Completely. If you if you own a house and you don't get the asking price from the bidder or someone wants to buy your house, guess what you do? You don't sell the house, do you? You do negotiate or you talk, but you know, it's very rarely that you're going to come down unless there's a reason that you have to leave. Like you have to like it's time to leave because of this, that, or the other. We know that's not really the case with the Glazers. They're trying to speculate to accumulate. I'm really, really glad that you brought up the whole Washington Commander scene because that has really been one of the massive talking points behind the scenes and with ourselves in the football community about it, about why there's been this kind of impasse about why they can't get over this hurdle is that in the NFL, if you're going to take what is a very limited franchise in terms of its potential for success, but also its fan base. So Washington, obviously the original Redskins were, were a big NFL team franchise. They are a, they are a historical franchise going back over times but they're on its they're on their knees they've had problems and they're go you know going for around they went for that kind of five and a half billion to six mark 
Manchester United has approximately about 20 times more fans globally, 20 times. So United have got about a billion fans, so you can go do the maths. Um, ultimately, this is not that difficult. And I think this is why, you know, all everyone who watches our show, including us here, we're all part of social media, we're all part of Twitter. We all see the noise, we all feel the noise. But there's been something that's quite sinister about this whole process, about what Manchester United needs or what the truth is. The truth is, Scott, is that the Glazers need that offer that get them out the door, whatever that is. I want them gone. You want them gone. I don't know anyone that says to me directly to my face, I'd really like the Glazers to stay. There's a few people that go, oh, they're not as bad as people say. But I disagree with that. I think they've been heinous for Manchester United. That's why we are where we are today. I also completely understand that this is a business transaction and business transactions do not happen like that. That's why this this has gone on for so long. But I also know, and I will stick to it, is that Qatar is literally the only entity that can give the Glazers what they want as a whole. And they could have done that six months ago or a year ago or whatever. They could have done it easily because they've got the money and they won't do it. So the question has to be, why? Why are you not doing it when you're almost infinitely rich? Well, it's because you think Man United's not worth six because you think it's worth five. This is small change for these people, isn't it? For these nation states. That's also why we talk about sports washing so much, because there's so much money in those countries looking to buy football clubs. So we are where we are. Nothing has changed. The, the original report for Radcliffe going into the lead was from Bloomberg. So Bloomberg, obviously not a football source, uh, directly, but they've been very interested in this because it's a big business transaction. Um, my personal opinion on that is that there has been no movement in the last six months on that. It's that Jim Ratcliffe is the only buyer who is willing to do it the longer way to get rid of the Glazers over that three to four year period. And I know that fans don't want that. I know fans are like, full sale now, hashtag this, hashtag the other, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, the Glazers don't see your hashtags. The Glazers don't know what what we are as a fan base, they are comfortable in Florida away from all of us. And they're not really interested in the noise. They understand it. They're informed, but they don't really care. But what you said about the commanders is exactly right. Is that they look at the NFL franchises and they go, hang on. Manchester United is multiple times bigger than these franchises. And yet it's only worth half a, half a billion more. That kind of cannot make sense to them. And that is part of the problem here. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, no matter which way you look at it, the Glazers are in absolute full control of Manchester United. And it's awful yeah. for every United fan who wants to see change, who wants to see full sale. And Rob and I are no different. But if you're bidding and you have the money that is able to potentially tempt the Glazers to sell, you have to put it up. And unfortunately, until that happens, the Glazers are going to stay put and stay where they are and just ride it out until they do get a price because inflation's only going one way. Money's only going one way. It's going, it's, going, it's going like this, really. There's potential TV deals down the line that the Glazers could just sit around and wait for, which are going to line their pockets even more. So somebody's got to do something to mm. change their mind. Nobody has done it yet. And the indication is that Sir Jim Ratcliffe is willing to be more malleable and change his approach in order to get the club. So that, that for me shows that there's a lot of will that Qatar are saying that they have to get United, but their actions do not match what they're saying. Totally. And and I think it's also worth pointing out, Scott, is that when, when fans choose a side, so whether that be Qatar, Radcliffe, being the two primary 
aspects we're talking about here is that all of us, including you and me, are choosing men, because it is men, primarily here, or people we don't know. We don't know them. Like When you choose Sheikh Jassim or you choose uh, Jim Ratcliffe, you really don't know. You don't know if they're going to be a good owner. You just presume that you look at other models and go, well, City did this at this club. Now Newcastle are doing that. Okay, we would like a little bit of that. But I just think it's really curious that these infinitely rich families and parties from, from the Middle East who are interested in Manchester United just will not stump the cash up for it. It's, it's, I don't get it. And, and I, it cannot be. I've seen it on a lot of the fan channels say it, Scott. And they kind of say, oh, but, you know, they shouldn't be fleeced. You can't fleece them just because they're billionaires. Um, yes, you can. That's exactly how it works, is that if you've got loads of money, I want more of that money. And that's all the Glazers are kind of doing. So I'm not sympathetic to them what, at why, all. Why is that a point? Like, what, why is that a thing? Because the, the, only per, the only people that matter in this are the Glazers. The only people. Like, they are the ones in control. That's I, I the, think, o- the only people yeah. who need to be satisfied are the Glazers. Otherwise, I think they can sit there. And I'm not saying I like it, but that's the way it is. I, I think it's just a view of modern populism with the internet and with Twitter. Is that, that that is the narrative. That is the narrative is that, oh, you know, why should they pay $6 billion? They should pay $5 billion. It's more than enough money. The Glazers are greedy. Yeah, the Glazers are greedy. They've been greedy since day one. We know what they are. We absolutely know that they are that Jabba the Hutt figure in the background there, sat there smoking its pipe. That's what the Glazers are to Manchester United and Man United fans. To all of us, they are the problem. But they also hold all the cards. They're at the table. They're at the poker table. And they know, I know what you've got. I know what you've got. I know what you've got. We're all in. What are you lot going to do? Come, fight us. Take us on. So that's why the Glazers, as as an entity, are dangerous. Because they don't actually have to do anything, Scott. They could just sit on it and go, no, you know, one day we'll get what we want. And you lot will have to suffer through it. And I think the things with football fans and with Man United fans, so we're not trying to take a pop out of anyone here. It's it, it. You can have your preference of what you want, but I think ultimately we all do want the same thing. We really want the Glazers gone, and we would like a different style of ownership. And, and I still think the salient version of that is that Manchester United becomes a self-fulfilling business that it, it pays for its own thing. It earns enough money, and it comes into the club. We're debt-free, and we find ways to slowly but surely build the club back to where it should be. Like we know we're nowhere near that today, aren't we? That doesn't come with sugar daddies. It really doesn't. It comes with really strong business ethics. And, I, and and that's what concerns me more about Qatar is that, you know, we've seen PSG being owned by Qatar, haven't we, for 10 years, Scott? Well, yeah, right. You win the league every year and you've won stuff. How's that gone? It's not great. I, I know plenty that's of people. I think that's, I mean, that's a failure. I think that's the Champions League yet. There are PSG fans now protesting against Qatar. <laughs> it's real that's true and and because it's the other side of the water here i think i think english fans generally kind of just go well we don't need to look at that that doesn't fit what we're talking about here so again this is not pro qatar against qatar pro gym uh, against gym this is literally about where are we in the state of play and the glazers here it pays for them to play the long game scott because they still get their dividends when 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 the quarters are up they still get their money which is why one of the reasons why they do it and if the roof's leaking at old trafford who cares? They don't care, do they? Man United lose a game one week. Who cares? They, they would have just comes up on their phones. We've won, lost a football match. Oh, well, we still earn our money. So I think we have to be really careful about this and about kind of looking at, at, at the direction and the flow of it. Uh, as I think that, that, that the Glazers have always wanted a minority state, Scott. I think I said that on the first time we spoke about it. The Glazers would love someone to come in 
and give them that billion to build old, rebuild old traffic. They'd love that. Great. And then find a way to structurally move away from Manchester United in terms of their own responsibilities. But that's a long process. And full sale now, you can you can scream it too blue in the face. And, and it's, I get why. But there's nothing happening now. There's nothing happening now. It's going to be a long, long game to get rid of these owners because they understand that they are in full control. And if Qatar want the football club, they're going to have to give them a blank check. So here's a blank check, get out the club. And that would probably end up being a, an incredible amount of money. It might be seven billion, Scott, eight billion. But w- w- these numbers mean kind of nothing to the common man, does it? Because it's like it's way above our station. But in business, this is how they operate. This is how billionaires operate. Yeah, Rob and I, neither of us are saying, you know, no support of the Glazers at all. I, yeah. Rob and I aren't taking sides here. We're just saying, mm. like, nobody has done enough yet, not yet, to make the Glazers sell, and that's why eleven months down the line there is no development. Yeah, basically, you, we mentioned some wrestling at the top of the, of the show there, and and I think there's a good example there with maybe the WWE merger. I'm going to mention that with Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon obviously is the you know being the emperor emperor of wrestling for years you know ran the organization ran wwe you know full control of everything and when he got the offer that he needed partly through saudi and partly through the merger with ufc he then went yeah i'm all right with that i'm still going to be on the board but you know i'm good with that because i'm going to get nobody thought he'd ever no one ever thought thought he'd sell no one ever thought he would because it's like a, a statement of intent. And of course, he's getting older and he's thinking, well, I still want to be able to control stuff. But I just don't want to have to bother with most of it. I just want the money because I'm a billionaire. That's exactly what he's done. He's put other people in charge of his part and they've merged with the UFC. Can you imagine, Scott, 10 years ago, anyone saying that WWE, you know, the fake the fake side of the, of the business and UFC, the real side of the business, become one? No one could have predicted that, and that's exactly where we stand today in that in that sport. I'm going to call it sport. Um, TKO. Exactly, yeah. but that's that's what it is, and that's how it's gone. And Manchester United are kind of very similar in that aspect, is that you've got some owners that are very, very motivated by certain things, and they're not actually motivated to be doing the right thing. They don't need that. Vince McMahon never thought that. He didn't think, I want... I want WWE customers to be happy. He thought, I want me to be happy. I want my family to be happy. And the Glazers are like that. And I think this is also with Qatar. I think Qatar are doing the same thing. They want to be happy themselves, own Manchester United. Then in that case, put the money up. Put the money up and do it. And match match Jim's bid and outbid him. (laughs) And do that. If you really want the house, you know, go to the owner of the house and say, you know, we love this house. This is everything to us. And we're gonna we're gonna build the extension, and we're gonna take it on, and we're gonna make make this road better, you know. And we're gonna do it because we've got the power to do it. Well, you have Qatar, so do it. Don't talk about it anymore. Don't pay social media accounts to put Qatar flags on them. Don't ask people to back you when you're not actually putting something on the table that's backable. I like to imagine that every kind every time we get a report, like every three four weeks, it's talks are continuing that like all of the relevant parties who are trying to buy and trying to sell are just sat around a table for the last 11 months all the time saying, hey, here's our latest offer. Here's another penny. (laughs) Here's another pound. I tell you what, he he, he did this today, right? I'm doing that. Like it's so, it's so odd that people constant talks. (laughs) Yeah. It's, 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 and you know, it is that narrative. Like you you just talk about again, wrestling heel and baby face. It's a bit like that, isn't it? Is that one moves ahead and it becomes the story and then the other one moves ahead. The only thing that's absolutely 100% true for Manchester United fans 
is that the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate simply fill up an orange hefty renew bag with accepted items tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling that's it it's that easy it's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. They've been manipulated through this whole process. Completely manipulated, taking their emotions and using it to, to be. And that's why we've said we don't really want to talk about it. We don't want to go down that route because we are both Manchester United fans. We don't want to play those games. But I, th- I see it, Scott, with even fan channels talking in that way about, you know, one week, one day it's... So Jim Rackler's going to buy the club, and the next day they're putting out Qatar's buying the football club. That must absolutely wreck a ton of Man United fans' emotions around the world. And I think it's unfair. I really, really do. I'm completely numb to it. I don't know about you. I'm just completely numb to it. And until something changes, you know, I don't think apathetic. we're going to get any... Yeah, apathetic is a good, is a good yeah. word. Good I feel numb to some of our football at times. Like when you watch it and it's bad and you kind of go, and you kind of like have to bite your nails. But I tell you what, the, the, there's got to be a lot of apathy around this bit because, like, so much of what's being talked about isn't anywhere near the truth, and and I think it just becomes this this soap opera, and that that to me is is definitely, I think it's quite sad to see more than anything, and it makes us a laughing stock of world football. Yeah. Anyway, let us know your comments. That was a, a bit of a long section, um, but let us know your comments. What you think might happen if you think that. Are the Glazers going to drop their asking price? I don't think they are. Never. No, no. Not going to happen. Is going up. If anything, it's going up. Even I though United so. are terrible, it's going it, it, up. We we are one of four football clubs in the world in world football ourselves: Liverpool, Real Madrid, and Barcelona. We are probably the only four clubs in the world that can play awful and and have a higher valuation. That's that's the truth because we are cultural cornerstones of people's lives. Yeah, and you can't do that at, say, Tottenham Hotspur. You can't. Or even Arsenal, being honest. You can't because they are smaller football clubs and, and they have large fan bases and they are large teams, but they do not have the same connections with such a wide amount of people so far globally. Man United, a billion fans worldwide, Scott. What's that, sixth of the world? <laughs> so there's a lot of people. So we wait and see. Maybe, so, like... Something could change in the space of 24 hours. It could. Always, like, yeah. if, if if a decision is made on either party's side to go, right, we're going to do this, and then the Glazers are like, oh, okay, we'll take that. Like that, it could be done. It could be. But we're yeah. nowhere near that happening as it stands. But it could change in the space of a few hours. But or we're ill not- health. Like, like if, if something happened to Glazers, like say with Joel Glazer, Avram Glazer, something like that, or ill health happened as they get older, then there is maybe that need to kind of release assets. So you, you then go, okay, oh, you knocked on our door a year ago. Let's talk about some, let's talk about a sale here. And that does happen. That's really common, I think, with aging billionaires is that they move on. But of course, we know that this is a family of owners. This is like, there's about 20 of them, but there's no doubt there's two blokes that really run the show. 
they might want to release assets at some point, Scott. But is that happening today? I don't know. Like as you said, things can change very, very quickly. But we're not there yet. And every kind no. of report that comes out that says so Jim's ahead or Qatar ahead, like it's gone on so long now that I think whoever actually takes a decisive decision, decisive move, and mm. cracks it will probably end up getting it unless it just accelerates again but you know we will see how this develops we're 11 months into this process mm. of strategic alternatives or investments which it was ne- I also say that it was never declared by the glazers that this would be a full sale it was never ever declared exactly that, that has that has become the dor- dominant narrative and i don't want to like I don't want to upset people here, but they never said that was happening in the first place. We did our content on the statement. You know, when the statement came out and we read it and we read it and we read it and we read it and we asked people and we asked people, we asked people, that was exactly the feedback is that, well, this doesn't mean it's a full sale. It's like the first thing they said. It's like, this is about investment. And we knew that Liverpool were trying to do the same thing. So it was like, this is kind of similar thing. But then, of course, it became this story, didn't it? That Man United, it was full sale, Qatar wanted the club, et cetera, et cetera. Scott, I just want to end the segment on this one thing. Mm -hmm. I want to put this to our viewers, yeah, and to our audience, because I I want this interaction, because I want to hear what people think, yeah. There's a lot of people here that watch our show that only want Qatar, and that's fine. I'm I'm cool with that. That's up to people. But I want to know why a trillionaire country organisation of family that's got infinite wealth is not buying the football club that you want them to buy. I want this people go in the comments and tell me because I'm really interested in this because everyone's got a different take on it. And, and my only take on it is that I don't know. I don't understand why that if you've got so much wealth and you could you just click your fingers and you get what you want, don't you? And they are not doing it. So why are they playing on your emotions and our emotions? Go in our comments, fill it up, tell us on Twitter, tell us on our socials, speak to us because I want to know why fans what they feel about this, because I'm sure there is actually some apathy now leaking in Scott with fan base and people are thinking, is this actually real? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Get us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore P and uh, at promise and MU all on X, which the amount of fake news I've seen on that platform over the last few days about this topic actually is just in, it's in cr- truly incredible stuff really is. The Glazers have decided to sell to Qatar. No, no, like it's it's gone it's gone ridiculous over the last few days. But you know, when we get something, I know we've done half an hour on this, but when we get something solid and when we get something, we'll we'll talk about it. But you know, I think it just Rob, I was a bit frustrated with it, and I think Rob's a bit frustrated with it. But you know, you can direct your anger and your energy at the Glazers, and I think that's it's completely justified to do that but the fact of the matter is there's one party in control of this football club and until they get what they want they are staying and unfortunately that's the way it is got to look at the people who are trying to buy United and say you have to do more to get it off of these guys you have to definitely and that's whether Katara up their bid so Jim Mm. is the one that is trying to find a way in and you know whether Uh, it uh, works uh, it's going to be long game but if it works, it works. Completely. And I, and I actually think there is a story here, Scott, on top of this, on top of this, on top of this, is that the Glazers might not actually believe that Qatar really want the football club. Because 
there isn't like you know we I, yesterday uh, a notable journalist from a, a notable organization said that Qatar are still negotiating um, it's not kind of what we're hearing we're not we're not actually hearing a lot of that 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 Qatar are like sat in the London offices of Manchester United going right let's hammer out a deal that's not really what we're hearing for 11 so, straight months they've been sat in that room <laughs> they, they've not been anywhere they're all rotting and covered in cobwebs aren't they now they've just been there saying the same thing over and over again uh, as I keep saying you know the Glazers don't read your Twitter accounts guys they don't read mine don't read Scots. So you know, the Glazers feel they're very much in control of this. It is up to Qatar to put the money up or it's up to Sir Jim Ratcliffe to find a way that that's a, a notable exit strategy for these billionaires who want their money. Let's move on. Rasmus Hoyland has been named in the Golden Boy Top 25. Golden I said Boy. at the top of the show, mm-hmm. previous winners who used to play for Manchester United or still play for Manchester United, <laughs> Wayne Rooney, Anderson, Paul Pogba, and Anthony Martial, who in twenty, I think it was twenty fifteen that he won that. Mm. So um, yeah, fair play. I mean, Rasmus is on that short list of I believe it's twenty five. It's been narrowed down from about fifty. I think. I don't think he'll win it because Jude Bellingham's absolutely ripping it up at Real Madrid and has had a, a great year. Probably be him who wins it, but it's a it's a good thing, isn't it? Rasmus it is, is a good thing. A promising player. For him, it's a good thing. Like, I think that that, you know, making this jump to Manchester United, I know it wasn't a very difficult decision for him. You know, he's a lot of money, got paid well, and this is a huge opportunity for him coming to our football club. But it does obviously elevate your status to a completely brand new level, doesn't it? And I think the Golden Boy recognition is really good for those those kind of elite standard footballers in that kind of top 25, top 50 bracket. And if you're mentioned even in that breath, like it's interesting that the, the players that you just mentioned, they have Manchester United origin who have won it before, yeah? And we talked about Anderson off camera, didn't we? And when we signed Anderson in that deal, and it was the same kind of time, wasn't it, when we signed Nani and we bought them, again, they came from Portugal and that was the year before we last won the Champions League in Moscow notable and scored his penalty there I was there behind the goal for that is that Anderson did have a lot of this upside and he was probably like the best number 10 in the world when he won that like as for his age group 17 to 18 year old and he came to Man United and became a number eight and, and a bit average and it never really worked for him but I think with Rasmus Hoyland we all know that he's a number nine and he's going to be our number nine and by hell or high water that's the way United are going to go with this attack is that they have to build around his centre forward attributes so I'm pleased for him because I think it's just another shot in the arm for him it's that you know he goes out there and wears our shirt with that badge on his chest he knows that that he's rated worldwide that people do have these expectations of him yeah and he should we just brush past do you have any more to say there? I mean, there's not, not really a lot in it, really, is no, there? Not, you don't want it, so you know. No, good luck to him. Like he's not going to win it. He really, like, he really is not going to win it. And winning it doesn't really mean a lot anyway. It's just you know, like Jude Bellingham's going to win it. <laughs> it's like who else could win it at the moment? He's ripping it up at Real Madrid, isn't he? And he looks like a right don strutting around every football pitch he plays on. Um, but no, please for Rasmus because I think it's 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 just a nice little tick against his name. He, he can feel good about it. Right, final topic of the show. It's been a wrestling-themed show so far. It has, not it? Lots of wrestling references. And as I as I mentioned at the top, Harry Maguire seems to have turned babyface. If you, if you don't know what that means, it basically means he's gone from bad guy to good guy over the course of, you know... We might have even seen a double turn. Eric Ten Hag has turned heel, apparently. And, you know, Harry Maguire obviously got the assist for the, uh, the McTominay winner against Brentford last weekend. 
and played pretty well in the appearance before that that he had. He, he played pretty well in the last couple of games. Should probably play for England during this international break. Um, Gareth Southgate loves him, et cetera, et cetera. And he faced the media a couple of days ago and it's been mm-hmm. floating around this week. Uh, comments from him about his situation at United. And I noticed that in that press conference, which is, yeah, there's been a few clips to come out of it. Maguire says some interesting things. I think, obviously, the, there's been a lot of focus on the the abuse that he's received, which uh, he said he received a call from David Beckham, who if you, I'm guessing you've seen the Beckham documentary by now, if you're a United fan. Really good watch. I would advise watching that. Um, Harry Maguire has obviously had a lot to go through in the last few years, and David Beckham called him to help him out after he was booed against Scotland. Mm. Uh, that was one part to come out of it. Obviously, he's not been playing for Manchester United either. So a lot of questions were about that. A lot of questions were about the West Ham move that failed. And Maguire essentially said, I was never really in a position. It was between the clubs. People like David Moyes have said something a little bit different. Uh, but where, where do you want to start, Rob? Where, where should we start? Um, let's talk about Maguire's form and, and obviously the interview and go that route. So I think the last couple of games that he's played, obviously in that Crystal Palace uh, cup match that we won, and then obviously featuring in the in this last incredible mad ending of a football match against Brentford. I think that Harry Maguire has earned his minutes. I'm kind of all right with that. Again, have to keep saying the same thing. I would have sold him in the summer, no doubt about it. I'd have taken that money, bought Kim Min Jae, boring, boring, boring. But you are where you are here, yeah. Harry Maguire is still at your football club. So we talked there about uh, what he said in terms of his status at Manchester United and West Ham. Um, in his England interview, people haven't seen it and not probably a lot, lot of Man United fans globally might not have seen the press conference. But he talked West Ham up. He said West Ham are a great club and kind of said that two or three times, but made it absolutely crystal clear that it kind of wasn't up to him at the end of the day. It was up, it was up to Man United. And I agree with that. Man United had to find a way to get the player out of the football club and to meet West Ham's valuation and vice versa. Um, one of the things he did say, Scott, which I think was the, the note of the whole interview, was that he said, I'm not going to carry on doing this forever. He was like, if Man United don't want me, I'm not playing, then I obviously won't be at Man United. So this is not a player digging his heels in, I don't think. He wants his money, he wants to be paid, of course. Who well, that was the impression in the yeah, summer. That was the impression put out by Manchester United journalists connected to the centre of Manchester United. So make your own mind up about that, right? It wasn't what we were saying. It wasn't what I was saying. So it, it, everyone's got their connections to United, but there was definitely a narrative coming out from the football club about Harry Maguire. And I just thought it was unfair because it wasn't what we were hearing. It was not what we were hearing from West Ham. It wasn't what we were hearing from Maguire. And it wasn't what we were hearing from important sources at Manchester United. So United didn't, get him out of the club. They also didn't get Scott McTominay out of the club. They didn't get other players out of the club. They got rid of Fred Scott because they let him go on the cheap in general. Like he went for a relatively low fee, 11 million or whatever it was, 11, 12, 13 million. And Man United struggled to move players out of the football club because they just didn't do the negotiations hard enough. Didn't work it. Uh, I think Harry Maguire would be at West Ham now if United had negotiated with his team, found a way out in terms of the pay packet and helped him out the door, but they didn't. And the funny thing is now, Scott, we're going to be talking about Harry Maguire playing for Man United because that's what's going to happen. I think when you look at Varane's injury record and we know what's going on with Lissandro Martinez, is that what are your choices? You haven't really got a lot, have you? 
So I like what Maguire did in those two games. And that header, to me, means a lot. Like, he went up there right at the end. He did his job. He got the ball across to Scotty. And Scotty himself did his job, didn't he? You know, someone that people say, oh, McTominay should never play for United again. Us included. He goes what and helps. Well, he's having, by the way. That free kick last night that was disallowed for Scotland was yeah, like, I, really... I think- un- you got to start leaning on players. <laughs> yeah, you got to start leaning on what players are good at. I think sometimes, isn't it? And and sometimes try to negate what they're bad at. And, and I think that's on the manager. And as you just said, there the heel turn in wrestling again is that there's been a lot of talk in the last week or two about just how bad life is under Eric Ten Hag for everyone. Uh, a prominent uh, talk sport presenter put it out there that he's been talking to people at Man United and those players are not happy. They're, I think the words were, they're not having Ten Hag, direct quote. And it's false and it's fake. So you can all decide what you think about that. And that is not what is being said from the core of the camp. Of the camp. Even and if that was... The sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Rob. No, Even if that Scott. was the case, that is the same problem that United have had for the last 10 years. Hmm. Oh, look, this manager's making me work too hard. Hmm. Oh, I don't like him. Uh, uh, you know, I would like somebody else. There's been suggestions that maybe Sancho could stay, go on loan and stay through the rest of the season and say, yeah. oh, maybe if, if we have a new manager at the end of the season, then, you know, everything will be fine again. What happens in a year, two years, when they decide they don't like that manager either? That We've been through this process over and over and over again. You need to get rid of the players that feel like that. You have to identify them and sell them. That's the end of it. Even if you're left with two of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the irony with the say the Sancho part of this story, isn't it, with Ten Hag, is that Man United could just back the manager and sell the player. That would be the kind of easy way to do it. Take a hit, take a loss, move it on, do that. But it's actually Man United, Scott, that are perpetrating that. They're like, well, actually, we let him go out on loan for six months. He might play well somewhere. And actually... Six months, we might not like this manager anymore. <laughs> Actually, we might sack him and bring back Sancho. And do you know what, Scott? That is not beyond the realms of possibility with the Glaciers. It just isn't. We've seen it kind of before. So uh, I think that's the sad aspect here. And then it's very easy for media organisations to say stuff like all the players are not having it. That's not what we're hearing. And, you know, it wasn't what we were hearing Back with the previous manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That was not what was coming out of the camp, even though that was the populist view, was that the players had had enough of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yes, they had right at the very end, but all that period up to there where results were up and down, you know, it was only the year before they came second. You know, they weren't they weren't actually like, oh, no, we want to get rid of the manager. And there wasn't that kind of disharmony in the camp that there was them, say, well, when Jose Mourinho was the, was the manager. So I don't believe that disharmony is there now, and I don't work for any of them. Like, I don't have to toe a party line you know when it comes to Manchester United I can just go from from what we know and instincts around some of those stuff when people say stuff to you but no there isn't that that there at the moment but United players have to prove it don't they it's just no doubt about it they have to somehow make what Eric Ten Hag wants to achieve at Manchester United they have to make it a reality yeah we will see where we go with that but yeah Harry Maguire's been doing his talking uh you know <laughs> Rob, I, I said at the top of the show, the international break is, means that we need some stories. Can you imagine if United had lost to Brentford and how, how different the conversation would be? That's what I said to you. I said, it, I said it on our show last week. I went, that was the big relief for me, was that this whole period from Brentford to even now and then the next week would have literally just been that. And thank God the, the, the flames were quelled 
by that victory because it would have been a totally different kettle of fish. It would have been it would have been a lot harder, and Man United fans would have really suffered. Instead, what you're getting is Jim Radcliffe's moved into the lead. Like that's what you're getting instead because that is kind of playing on emotions again. Um, but yeah, we will have to talk, Scott, more about Harry Maguire in the weeks ahead, about whether he plays for Man United. And I'm looking at other players in the squad and I'm kind of thinking, yeah, I'd probably play Maguire ahead one or two of them at the moment. Not not my choice, but that's probably where you are. That's where you are at the minute. And, you know, Eric Ten Hag can only do what he can. He needs support from, <clears throat> he needs support from those above him. And it's as much about the players you bring in as it, as it is about the ones... It's as much about the players you sell as it is the ones you bring in. Completely. And unfortunately, United have put themselves in a position where they've given a hell of a lot of players, a hell of a lot of money, and a hell of a lot more than most other clubs can afford. So when you think, well, I, I often question why don't they, you know, get rid of this player, but you know the reasons why. Because mm. there's other clubs there who are like, well, he's on way too much money than we can afford. That's nowhere near our wage structure. Totally. So United have to take a hit on either paying wages or they take a hit on the transfer fee. And that's the situation they got themselves in because yep. people in key positions doing these contracts and doing these transfers over the last few years have given inflated contracts to players who have just, just gone on to underperform. So it's a process which is way, it's beyond Ten Hag. Yes, he's culpable for some things and he needs to get a tune out of the United players. He needs to get results. And I don't think, well, if he goes through this next period now, not getting not picking up wins and, and going up the table, mm. his job will be in danger. But if that happens, don't think with the next guy that anything's going to change. Totally. And squad building also means squad dismantling. And that's why I always go with that mantra of that you very rarely see fire sales. You very see like players sell 10 players in one big chunk because you said it's all about contracts and that and that and that slows it down. But do you know the other thing that slows it down, Scott, is that when transfer windows and transfer uh, periods are closed like they are today, it makes it almost impossible for a manager to change stuff. You just have what you have. You've got your pieces on the chessboard and you've got 400 moves you can make, but God forbid you make one wrong one because then it's on you, isn't it? And that's kind of where Man United are. And, and you know, we'll talk more in depth as well in weeks ahead about, I think, like the centre-back position. We'll talk about Rafa Varane because I think that's going to become more notable. But you need to get players fit and you need somehow to get them into form. And that's the only thing really that can keep Ten Hag going now. Like say a run of four, five, six wins where that's that's where you absolutely shut everyone up and it becomes a boring story again and people don't want to talk about it. People didn't want to talk about it last year, Scott, except maybe some very extreme people who were like, oh, Ten Hag's this, that, the other. He's never proved it. But you win a trophy, you come top four, you shut people up. When you play poorly like we have been, you've had injuries, very, very easy to be attacked. Well, United aren't going to lose another game for a week, at least. They'll be unbeaten. So uh, that's a plus. And that's that's the end. That's the end of the show. I think we'll, <laughs> we'll wrap it there. But uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed. We went on a lot about the ownership situation. And uh, if you have any thoughts on that, get in touch with us at double yeah. underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore P, and at Promise and MU for the show. Get us on X, uh, Instagram, TikTok for me, X and YouTube for Rob and X for the Promise Sand show as well. Subscribe wherever you get your pods and watch us on YouTube, the Promise Sand and Manchester United podcast. Like the video, subscribe and leave a comment for us as well. Pop the notification bell on so you never miss a show. And Rob, final word to you. Happy international break. Looking forward to the football coming back. And after that Brentford game, we kind of need it, don't we? We need that first match back 
get back in the groove of it, see what these boys can do. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you next week for another Promised Land podcast. And until then, have a great weekend and see you soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.